Gospel True Christian Fellowship Church Bible study. We're in James chapter 3. In James chapter 1, we've learned some things. We learned that his name is not James, it's Jacob. In James chapter 2, we kind of covered faith without works is dead. That we have to have a vertical relationship and then that plays out in a horizontal relationship with people. You can't have a relationship with God, not the God of the Bible, without playing it out in the kindness and welfare of others. Remember when James started off the book, he said to the 12 tribes. See, it's just not about one particular tribe, it's about all of them. We were talking before we started about, we are a body of believers, a body, a body of believers. We're not just, we, we individually get saved, but in that salvation, you're placed into the body of Christ, okay? And the body of Christ means it's about the collective. It's either all of us or none of us. We're not about being lone rangers. You can't have a relationship with God and be a lone ranger. It's just impossible. The Bible plays that out. Because most of the time when you are a lone ranger in this thing called your walk with God, you know, I'm not saying certain prophets had assignments, but generally speaking, he always prophesied because it was always about the children of Israel. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just them, the prophets. It was about he would come try to get the whole nation of Israel to follow him. And the purpose of choosing Israel was not because they were so good or anything any better than anybody else. It was because they were supposed to show the rest of the world how good God was. But they fell short. Okay? And we fall short because we don't do things as a collective. When you go out here on your own and start doing things and think you have a relationship with God because you do such these good deeds, you think it's about the good deeds. Again, that's a demonstration of some people are relatively good people. But again, they never get saved. They never accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They never bow the knee. They never repent because they think they're all right. They think that they can go through life and continue to do the things they want to do. And because they're relatively good, and relative goodness is compared to who? Another person. When you say you're good, you're really comparing yourself to somebody else. You'll say stuff like, you'll say stuff like, hey, um, I, and I don't do what they do. Or I do better than they do. So you look at your next door neighbor and say, I set my trash out on Monday night versus Tuesday morning. So I'm better than them. I pick my trash can up as early. When they get it, I go get it. So, and they leave their out, theirs out till Wednesday. <laughs> Was that better? No. That's just different. You know, but that's not better. You can't compare yourself. God says, the only way you can be better is your service to God. And your focus on God. And you're not better. You're just like every other saint. And sometimes our expressions are different. But James is telling us that there's a practicality to God. Don't show any what? Partiality. Because our partiality becomes a prejudice. You know, we be partial to certain ways we do stuff. And in the church, you know, you know y'all y'all certain ways. You know how y'all get. I love, Will taught me that saying, I love us for no more shut the door. <laughs> That's what you like to do. Us for no more shut the door. Meaning that it's a group of y'all. You know y'all groups. And y'all say, this is what walking truth represents. And, and if nobody conforms to what we represent, then they can't be called a walking truth. The devil is a lie. Okay? We don't do that up in here. And when I see it, things happen. Okay? Because it's my job to prevent you from becoming cliquish and snobbish and to the point that your preferences become prejudices. That your partiality. And we got tested a week ago, today, at night. Where the guy came in, I mean, literally, I mean, normally I locked that door after a certain time, but I was teaching. I had that door locked and had that door locked, and here he come. And this guy was big and young like Will, sat right in front of me. And I'm like, if, 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 only thing I could do is hit him over the head with this podium. And I was here with six women by myself. Okay, but the thing about it is, we showed him love. 
Because he asked one question. Can I come in and warm myself? That's all he asked. Now, our natural fear of strangers calls us to, but, 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 but God took over and said, I said, come on in. And he was a brother in Christ. He spent 14 years in the penitentiary behind the walls, level five. And he had 44 days left of his probation and things were just happening in his life to take him off being free. So he sat all through Bible study. He started crying. I was teaching out of James. He started crying. And we helped him the best we could. We gave him our numbers. He hadn't called. But God tested us right then about being prejudiced and partial. Right then and there. I gave God some glory. I said, thank you, God, for testing me at the point of, of the lesson. Like, God came through the door, don't know who he is, what are we going to do? We're going to kick him out on the eve of the coldest day the next day. So it was getting cold that night. You know, I was willing, just if he didn't have anywhere to go, his girlfriend finally came and got him. But I was willing to stay in the church with him all night. Because that's what we do. We sacrifice one for another. And that's the key to this. Where's your sacrifice for the next person? The person sitting next to you in the congregation. When the Bible says the only way that people know that we are blown to Jesus is the way we love each other. And we already got the definition of love is, is sacrifice. There's no greater love than this than one friend would die for another friend. What are you willing to give up for another person for it's not to be all about you? I know America keep telling you it's all about you and you can be alone. But who want to live like that for real? How many little prejudices or preferences you got that's turned into a prejudice when you can't see nobody else's way but yours? The only way that we need to see is the way to Christ. That needs to be the same. He said, no one come to Father unless you come through him. That is standard. That we are prejudiced about. But the in-betweens on, on how we manifest that, that's between the God and the individual and God and the body. So don't look down at nobody that's different from you. Because it might be an angel. That could have been an angel. I, never, I might not never see that brother again. But that could have been an angel that tested us. And I thank God that he let us pass. Because everything in my flesh told me, get this dude up out of here. I'm the only man up in here. Okay? But then the Holy Ghost said, no, he okay. And we, and we did what we had to do. So James is now getting ready to go to another part in James chapter 3. We get ready, he's getting ready to talk about another aspect of being a Christian that we need to be mindful of. And he's going to start off with us teachers. Okay, so go ahead, Frida, go ahead and read. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So now he's telling us, he's, going, he's, he's ending it about the, the faith, and then he's warning us, those of us. Not many of us should be teachers. Just because you come to church, just because you come to Bible study, just because you're part of a, a Bible teaching church, don't mean that you should be up here teaching. Okay? Even nowadays, just because you got anointed as a pastor, don't mean you should be teaching. Because we have so many, and the teaching is going awry. This lets you know the priority is not on preaching. The priority has always been on teaching. In Jesus, if you read back, there's a time where he, he let everybody else go. Remember John? He gave that question, everybody else left? And he says, and at that point, he began to teach his disciples. Preaching, preaching, you don't really learn nothing doing preaching. You learn something doing to teach you. Now, some preachers have a style of teaching and preaching, like myself. But you really don't learn nothing. You have to learn something in class. You know, you learn something in class. You learn something when you can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or a dialogue. Preaching is just one way. It's a monologue. 
and you hope to catch it. You know, and a lot of times, depending on the emotional high that it goes, you forget what the message was. How many times have you asked a person about a service that was high powered and everybody was jumping around and you just tell them the service was good and ask you what it was about and they said they can't tell you? They just know it was good. It might have been good to the body, good to the emotion, but it didn't penetrate the spirit to the point that there was some knowledge being portrayed of Jesus Christ and his salvation. You know, we've gotten too much into the psychological and not into the spiritual. We want to solve all your problems versus solving the biggest problem you have is sin in your relationship to God. You know, we want to tell you to be nice and all that stuff. We should be past that, saints. That should be part of who we are. If we love, love is, love is never boastful. All them things in chapter 13 of 2 Corinthians, you know, about love. Well, it's first Corinthians about love and 13. It's 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 we should be past that. But again, he says, no, no, some of us shouldn't be teachers. Just because you're a minister don't mean you should be a teacher. That's a different anointing, that's a different purpose. It's not a better purpose. And I want to tell you that it's not nothing that makes me better or make Will better. Any other those who of us who teach, it's a warning to us that we got to be careful in our teaching and be serious about this. Why am I teaching you? Am I teaching you for look at me or am I teaching you to look at God? My goal is to teach you to look at God. That's my whole purpose. My purpose is not for you to say how great I am. You know, my purpose is for you to say how great God is. That he would use a broken person like me. Because if he'll use me, he can use you. But some are actually picked to be teachers. They'll let you know everybody can't be a teacher. And the only job description, if you go back and read the job description, not the character description, but the job description of a pastor is apt to teach. That's all job description. It has nothing to do with it. It's nothing about preaching. It's the apt to teach. The rest of it is, is character. You know, husband and one wife, that kind of thing. Don't drink too much. You know, man of good report. But then the only job description is apt to teach. Because it's your teaching that you learn God. So, here's a warning. And we know there's a warning because there's too many teachers out here. Some of you listen to some people, you know, I used to talk about them all the time, but you know what I figured this, if I just teach good, you'll recognize that you don't even listen to them no more. I don't even say nothing. Spend a whole bunch of time listening to some people that are heretics. Just speaking, speaking to your flesh. They ain't doing you no good. You ain't no different. You're going to send them $25. Don't do that. But you do what you want to do. It's your money. You do what you want to do. You do what you want to do. All right, go ahead. Thank you, verse. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So that means if I am teaching, and I understand what I'm teaching, first I have to bring myself under control to my teaching. So that thing we say hits us first, it should bridle us first. What is a bridle? Something that brings a horse under control. That little bit of bridle in the bit, the bit in the horse's mouth bring that mighty beast under control. Because it touches the soft part of his mouth and it's painful when you pull on it so that makes him go that way to relieve the pain. Same thing with us preachers. It's painful when God reveals to us our imperfections and we stumble. And, and if we don't stumble in it, then, then sometimes we get haughty and say it's all about you. I've never preached a sermon to you that didn't hit me first. I've never been teaching to you that didn't hit me first and actually condemned me first and made me repent first. Because I see God's goodness in it. Romans 2 and 4, the goodness of God leads to repentance. 
And repentance is godly sorrow. But the biggest part of repentance is what? Changing one's mind. Changing one's mind. So I'm reverently uh, uh, concerned when I teach and I'm teaching you what the truth is because if I, if, if I don't teach you the truth, then I'm going to be held accountable in a way that I don't want to be held accountable. So I have to be careful. So I have to let God control me in my teaching first. And then I can pass it on to you. I mean, how many times I've probably read the book of James since we've been in James? Probably 17 times, if once. I read it, every, I go through the whole book every day. Just because I want to get ready for one hour here and one hour in the night and what I'm going to preach on. Okay? I don't, and what I'm saying is, it's not a deep study. Sometimes just listen to it and put it down. I challenge y'all, do, you know, don't think that you got to sit there with all your content, everything open. Just hear the word of God in your house. If you got you verse, you can play your Bible audibly. While you cleaning up, just hit a chapter and let it roll. Even if you don't hear, if you go, yeah, just play the word of God through your house. Instead of playing Joe Holstein and T.D. Jakes and them, go straight to the book that they talking about and play the book. Just play the book. You'll be surprised at what you catch. Just listen to the word of God. No explanation, past ain't there. There's some things, potholes you're going to run over. But guess what? I'm telling you, it'll eventually come. Because God's word is sharper than two. So he said his word is sharper. So what's better than to listen to his word to cut through all your mess? Because it's spiritual. His word is spiritual. So to cut through that mess that's in your head, he'll cut through your preferences, it'll cut through your prejudice, and it cuts through to the teacher. And it bridles us and changes us. All right? Go ahead. If we put bits into the mouths of horses mm -hmm. so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Mm -hmm. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now this is a, just a simple illusion. If you can't see this, then something's wrong with you. You're talking about a ship and a rudder. You're talking about a horse and a bridle. It's a little thing that controls them. So a little bit of the word of understanding the word will control you. Just a little bit. You don't have to know everything. Just know what you know and know that you know that you know. And let it control you. Yield to it. Go ahead. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Oh yeah, we talk a lot. Mm -hmm. We get on the phone, we talk a lot. We talk a lot to our friends and we actually talking about nothing. Because you should not talk about the Lord. Or just good things. You know, America, we've gotten used to ugly things. And we're happy to listen to ugly things. And good things just get a byline. You know, the Bible tells us when we know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. And in America, the most of our sins are committed with our tongue, which come out of a corrupt heart. We say some things. We, we, we the most, I can't, I won't people, Christians. I can't say I'm sorry. I won't repent. I can't reconcile with my sisters and my brothers. I can't put that down. I'm going to always feel this way. It's just who I am. You're going to bust hell wide open with that too. I ain't so. You're going to bust hell wide open with your I can't, I won't, and I ain't. Because if you ain't, can't, and won't to your brother and sister in Christ, you can't, ain't, won't to God. So you can play that game all you want to. If he says to you, he'll know that you are his, possession his, by the way you love each other, and all you can't, ain't, and won't is towards my brother, then I have it. 
haven't gotten saved. I haven't gotten saved. You, you, some of you carrying these attitudes, you think you saved. You ain't no more saved than, than the banana. You just, you just rotten fruit. You just waiting to rot on the vine. Because you haven't translated the beauty of how can you be so mean and you know what God has done for you. Me and Jackie talk about it. We know we talk about that on Jackie. How can that be possible? How can I carry so much animosity in my heart when I know that God wiped out every sin for me? And still doing it every day. Yep. And you got a nerve to walk in here and raise your hand to God and say, you know Jesus. And then you got a nerve enough to say, well, you know what? I want to go somewhere where the people just leave me alone because you don't want to be confronted with the light of God. That's what happens to us. I've been there. I, I ain't talking about something, Sister Linda. I ain't did. I just love to go to big churches. I can sit back in the back. Man, nobody know me. They don't know my sin. They don't know my problems. And we all sit there smiling, looking plastic. But I come to somewhere that confronts my sin and points that light in my face and says, you know what, Linda, something ain't right with you. Because the way you interact with these brothers and sisters in Christ, you seem kind of hateful. You seem kind of mean. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm not playing no pages. But see, but this is the way we are. We think, and the sad part about it is, even understanding this thing about the bridle and the tongue and the ship, it's only a little bit of true godliness that you can, you don't need a lot of God, just need a little bit. And once you taste his goodness, you'll taste and see that the Lord is good. And you're going to want more. But some of you ain't tasted yet. And you can't taste till you yield. No, you don't get a sample and then say, okay, then I'm going to yield. No, that ain't how that works. Right. You got to yield to get a taste. You got to throw your hands and say, Lord, it's you. I want to taste and see that you're good. Put them to the challenge. I want to taste and see that you're good. But you got to let that bridle, you got to get you got to bring yourself under submission to God. Let them control you. You're not, you're not acting like a robot. You still got a personality. But let him check you in certain areas. And a lot of times, what's happening when we talk about the tongue, you'll talk less when you're confronted with stupidity when you're in Christ. <coughs> You just go, okay. That is so true. I've learned, okay has been my favorite word now. You get to the point where you just say, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Because you know this is an argument that they want to argue that you can't win. They're not willing to submit. So then you you throwing your pearls before swine. you wasting your time. And nothing going good will come out of you talking to an unbeliever to the point that, I'm not saying you witness to them, but remember, plant the seed and back up. Don't plant the seed and so get so emotionally involved in their salvation that you got to remember it was God and the Holy Spirit that saved you. You planted the right seed in the right soil and the Bible talks about the different kind of soils. And we go through stages of that. Sometimes in our life we was a stony ground. You planted it. We came to church. We raised our hands in the earth and I want to be a church and the next thing you know because it wasn't planted real deep when the problem came along what happened? Well, we run out the door. Go back and read that. Those are different people but if you think of them at different stages. You know, 
It's planted by the way when you're still sinning out there and it's planted in you. And because the enemy comes and takes it away because you haven't really received it. But the stony ground, it comes, you receive it, you're happy for a minute, you're content with the church, and all of a sudden, somebody tell you about some t-shirts and you go. <laughs> huh? I thought you was happy with the preaching and the teaching and the saints. No, I'm just, I'm mad because you didn't tell me about no teaching. You wasn't with us no way. God just exposed your ignorance. And then you text me three, four times a week, pray for me. Okay, I'm going to pray for you, but the thing about it is, you're too scared to come back. Bride in yourself, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you in due time. Meaning, he's going he gonna to raise you up, but there's a lowliness. That you, you got the man. <clears throat> Your pride will keep you from going low in God. It'll just keep you because you got I got to have some self-esteem. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about self-esteem. It tells you to humble yourself. And he'll give you what you need to make you feel good. So we talk about submitting ourselves to God. Go ahead. How great a forest fire is set ablaze by such a small fire. Mm-hmm. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poisons. With it we bless our, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Stop. Mm. Ain't that a shame? Yes, sir. The same mouth that blesses is the same mouth that curses. The same mouth that says I will is the same mouth that says I won't. The same mouth that will come and pat you on the back is the same mouth that will talk about you and stab you in the back. Same mouth. Something wrong with us. Something wrong with us. Something wrong with us. We need to learn how to shut up. We need to go back to what our mama taught. Everybody in this room been talking about their mama. If you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. There ain't a person in this room. And if you say your parents can teach you that, then you was raised by a, a porcupine. Everybody in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, mama said that to them. Or their grandma said that to them. Honey, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. That was biblical. The same mouth that will bless somebody. If it's not bridal, it will be the same mouth when things don't go your way, you'll curse a person. You'll curse a situation. You'll talk about the church you're in. You'll talk about your pastor. You'll talk about each other. The same mouth that get up here and go, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. When things don't go the way you think they should, then you got to open your mouth to say something negative, something that is full of hell. Hell. He said, no, I didn't say it. He said hell. Full of it. You're full of hell with your mouth. Because your mind ain't been renewed. Learn how to sit there and go, okay, till your mind get renewed. Then you learn how to say something positive. Something, and I say something positive, say something that's godly. It may be corrective. It may be discouraging in the sense of that it's going to be something they don't want to hear. But it will be scriptural based on the situation at hand. 
Don't think I always mean encouraging, like, oh, you tell a person how great they are, how good they are. No, 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 no. That's the between being, that's the difference between blessing and cursing. You can bless somebody by correcting them. The Bible says the word of God is for what? Instruction, correction, reproof. All that's reproof and all that, rebuke and all that stuff. That's a correcting word. And that's good for you. It may not be pleasant, but it's good for you. But cursing me that I have animosity towards you, I have envy towards you, and I'm going to say something against you just because I got a mouth and I can't. And we make it sound spiritual. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Super Bowl. My team won. I knew that was going to happen, but you know, I feel sorry for everybody else. Got that young boy over there and that young team over against the masters of football. you got to be kidding me. They put up a good fight. Now, don't get me wrong. But when they came, as the time went on, I just sat back and said, watch, fourth quarter, here we go. Do what you do. But let's get to the story. It had something to do with football that day. Somebody I know told me this story. They were at a football party and, 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 and they were praying for their team. And they, I, want, I want my team to win, but I want the other team to be confused. I want the other team to get hurt. I want the other team to fall down. I want the other team to fail. I want the other team, oh, well, you praying to God for this now. You both be a Christian. So you, what's wrong with the other team other than they playing a competition? Are they all sinners on that side? And your side is all saints? And you want the, the saints to beat the sinners? No. See, that's somebody who don't understand God. That's somebody who blessed and cursed in the same tongue. And my friend, these were, this was at a pastor's house. And my friend said, the pastor that was there, doctor, I ain't gonna say his name. He said, hmm. He's just jokingly said, so everybody on the other side must be from hell or a sinner's hunt. And that person just looked. You want your team to win so bad, you're gonna curse the other team. Why can't you just say, I want my team to win, Lord, if be your will? But I'm not gonna wish no hurt or no pain on the other team. But see, we do stuff like that. Contradictory prayers that God would not even answer. Matter of fact, God looked at you because he's going to fall for the thing you said it wasn't him before he falls for the thing that you said it was him. He said, because you're confused. You're tossed to and fro. Like every wind doctrine, everything comes along, you're tossed to and fro. Read all these mystical books about how to relate to God. God gave you a Bible. You don't understand this one? Get a CEV, Contemporary English Version. You can't get no simpler than that. Okay? CEV? Yeah. But that's not, but that's a that's a paraphrase. It's like me and you talking. It gives you an idea, but it doesn't give you the word of God. But this ain't hard. This is ESV. This is seventh grade reading. This is not thus and thou. Yeah. This is seventh, how, how we supposed to talk. All right? So we gotta bring ourselves under this subjection, but we don't because we like to run our mouth. And our, we like to run our mouths because our hearts are not right. Out of the heart the mouth speaks, evil thoughts. We gotta change that around. Saints, out of our heart has to be the heart of God that we speak. Speak positive, and I'm not saying that. Remember, it can be corrective. We've got to speak word of life into people. Because you have the life in your words to speak into people. Not, not, the, not the stuff they're talking about in prosperity. I'm talking about salvation life, the word of God. I ain't talking about a come up. I ain't talking about that. I ain't talking about my money in your bank. I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about you have the seeds of salvation in your mouth. And your job is to give to somebody else and somebody gave it to you. That's what you should be talking about. Go ahead, read. We're almost done. 
From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Yeah, say that again. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. One more time, I like that. From the, the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Go right, come on. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Whoa! My brothers and sisters, these things shouldn't be, but they are. But they are. What kind of corrupt mind do we have that we can read the word of God and God do our hearts? He had to put in there. It shouldn't be, but they are. It shouldn't be mentioned among you that you got this kind of mouth. That kind of mind. Because the tongue works through the mind. It shouldn't be. So Jackie, it shouldn't be. It should not be. And your question to yourself is, why am I that way? And then your, your arrogance and your lie gonna be it. I'm not that way. <laughs> Go admit the truth. Sometimes you say some things you ain't got no business saying. That you put down people ain't done nothing to you just because it's, it's just weird like because we like that. Oh, hold up. And again, what did I tell you? Hit me first, right? Hello. It hits me. That's why I got to learn how to just say okay. 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 Because guess what? Everybody don't think the way you think. And again, if it's detrimental to their health, then it's very important for me to be, be uh, purposeful and try to convince you. But if it's really not detrimental to your health, it's just a thing God has not revealed to you. Because as we study, God is a revelation God. We study the knowledge, but he gives the revelation. Okay? I give you the knowledge through the teaching, but he opens it up to you. Then sometimes it's a matter of time to wait till revelation comes. It took me 40-some years to get to revelation. So why I got to rush you along? Even though I want it to be, maybe it's not. Maybe it's going to take you 50. I don't know. So just say okay sometimes when somebody says something real crazy to you, don't 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 begin, don't go home and talk about them. Just say okay and really drop it. I learned how to drop some stuff, mother I learned how to drop some stuff. I know as you get older, you learn my mom, you, you, you I know you hear some ridiculous stuff about your kids' mouth, don't you? And your grandkids' mouth, don't you? And you just you sit there and you just do what you're doing now. Nod your head. Knowing it's ridiculous. It's tough. It's tough. But it's ridiculous. Yeah, we got we to strategically pick when we're going to say something. And sometimes the ridiculous coming and the Lord tell you, don't say nothing now. Wait. And sometimes you got to wait till that thing blow up. And then remind them, well, you told me that this was going to happen. Now you're ready to receive the advice because they, they in trouble. But for, until that time, you got to let it go. Okay? Go ahead. Does the spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? He gives you, he gives you illustration after illustration. That's why it's important. We got the control, and we got when you're out of control, what what will happen? So, in other words, does a, does a spring have salt water and fresh water? The answer is no. It has one or the other. It can't have both. And if it have, if you think it has both, then you're double-minded. Go ahead. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? No. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. There you go. Go. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So he said, look, after all these illustrations, if you can't get it, something wrong with you. And that you need to be able to get this. He didn't give about five illustrations 
and you should be able to identify one of them. The Holy Spirit gave him five. Think of how hard-headed the Holy Spirit must know you are. He gave all these demonstrations. Fig trees, fish, water, salt, bridle, fire. All these illustrations that tell you, you talk too much, submit yourself to the word of God, and no, you can't be double-tongued like a snake. But this shouldn't be mentioned among you, but obviously it is, and that's what we do in the church sometimes. We double-tongue. Like I said, I would love to be a fly one day. Maybe God would let me do that. And I would just love to follow a couple of y'all around after y'all leave about church. And then I'll be looking for you. I, yeah, I land on top of her head at the job. <laughs> she won't know I'm there. And I just listen to her. Or be a bumblebee. Or it'd be a bee. And as soon as she say something, she's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just saying, and I'm picking on Vera because it ain't that Vera doing anything wrong. I'm, you know, y'all know how I do like that. But it's, it's, I don't want nobody. To get say, who he pick on? Yeah, we we having fun up here. We learn through fun sometimes. And I, you know, I talk about myself too. Shoot, yeah, <laughs> Okay, go ahead. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, mm -hmm. do not boast and be false to the truth. So, in other words, if you have bitter jealousy, that means you have envy. And if you're ambitious, meaning you want to come up in ways that you're not supposed to, you're ambitious. It says what? Do not what? Do not boast and be false to the truth. Don't brag. Don't brag. Don't brag and be boastful because boastful people can't see the truth. See, you don't know the truth. You haven't been set free yet because you're not going to understand that even in your bragging, you show your weakness. Remember I had somebody tell me they knew as much as I knew? Who am I? What you just did was show actually you don't know as much as I know because I would never say that about anybody. Because that shows jealousy. And you're intimidated by what you think. You think you think I know. Yeah. You want to move up. So you're going to use me as your marker to move up. I know what you know, so I should be able to. No, no, that ain't how this works. It's anointing. It's not education. But that just shows me you don't know. But I didn't bring it up in the conversation. You see what I'm saying? That's that pride. That's that jealousy. That's that, that ambition. Okay? We shouldn't be like that because we miss the truth. We miss our shortcomings and we miss God. God works within our shortcomings, not within our successes. Once we're successful at it, we're successful at it. There's no reason for him to be in that, but we need him in our shortcomings. I need him when I'm sitting around thinking to doing stuff I ain't supposed to be doing. Hello? Okay? I, I need him around when I'm thinking about evil thoughts and, and misguided thoughts based upon my feelings. I need him around when y'all show up late for church on Sunday and I'm ready to go explode. <laughs> Serious. That's why I sit back there. Because I'm hoping that by the time I walk out there, there's a few people here. But then you know what I had to learn? That's my problem. Just because I'm punctual don't mean everybody else punctual. They should be. Now, let's, let's be honest. But that's just them. And they may have a good reason. I'm saying I got a whole attitude and they got a good reason. And I see that it blocks your message. It blocks the truth that's about to come out of my mouth. So I got to get myself under subjection to myself. So when I'm back there by myself on Sunday, I'm praying hard. That I don't get caught up in what's going around me. That's why a lot of pastors don't come out until it's time for them to preach. Because they don't want to get caught up in all the physical. It's not that they're arrogant. It's just that that, that praise and worship time can be a weird time. 
Because everybody ain't praising and worshiping the same God you're doing during that time. Trust me. Okay? So you got to bring that under suggestion. You know? So you got you to gotta isolate yourself sometimes. Go ahead. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Y'all need to highlight that. Demonic. So we didn't got the word hell, fire tongue, and there's a wisdom of the world that's what? Demonic. So if you either got godly wisdom or demonic wisdom, nothing in between. Okay? You can't find in scripture, then the most likely demonic. I don't care how much sugar you put on it. I don't care how much worldly wisdom you put on it. God helps those who help themselves. That's demonic. That's not his scripture. Okay? Because if that's the case, then what's the we thing? Because that's selfishness. All right? Go ahead. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. Where does it exist? They can pay close attention. Where is at in the church? Go ahead. There will be disorder in every vile practice. Hmm. Some of you may know some churches that are out of, the, out of order and every vile practice because there's jealousy and ambition. Look what jealousy and ambition bring about. And a tongue that, that speaks death instead of life. A tongue that speaks out of hell and a motive that's demonic. Church is out of order. It may look like it's a church. It may act like it's a church. But there's a disorder that's in the air. There's a, when you walk through the door, you don't feel the love. What you feel is a whole bunch of people vying to be at the top. Or, or deciding to just sit and just coast their way through this thing. They want to sit there and just be a pew sitter. No love in them, no warmth in them, just come on, sit down. Us four, no more, shut the door. Come on in. You gotta find a place for you to sit down. And don't sit there, because that's so-and-so seat. <laughs> okay? That's so-and-so seat. That's the pastor's seat. Alright, go ahead. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Read that again. But the wisdom from above wisdom is, from God is first pure, pure, then peaceful. Brings you peace. Gentle. Gentle. Open to reason. Open to reasoning. Go ahead. Not not, ain't got to be your way all the time. Full of mercy and good fruits. Full of mercy that is demonstrated by action because fruit, is a, fruit is, a, is, is, is a substance that's manifested. Fruit ain't in the spirit. Fruit is in the manifestation. Okay, you practice all the ones before that, then you bring forth this thing called fruit, good fruit. That's in the manifestation towards others. You do those first ones, it will produce good fruit. Go ahead. Impartial. Uh-huh. And sincere. Uh-huh. Impartial. We know, we know that we that means that we don't take sides before we hear the whole story. And if we only hear one of the story, we don't take a side. We wait till the other, we hear the other side. So we can be so and even then we might just still say, okay. We follow Matthew 18 at that point. Okay? So these are very simple concepts. These are not hard and mystical. This is where the rubber meets the road in your day-to-day -day dealings with people. And some of us want to be so mystical. You want to walk around and come around the house and burn candles and incense and have things hanging from your door. What's you having all that stuff hanging from your door? You don't treat nobody right. You have pictures of Jesus all over your house and all the crosses you want. And you might as well be a werewolf. Because all you do is eat people up. 
You know, that's, this is the weirdness about us. We love all this. This and that and that. Like it really means something. It's supposed to represent what's already in your heart. You are the person bearing the cross now. <coughs> and you got to show that to other people. Is that it? Yeah, verse 18. That was 18, 17, verse 18. Okay, go ahead. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So then you can be known as a peacemaker. You kind of, when you get a chance, you want to be the one who brings people together who have war. You want to bring conflict to an end. You want to bring partial, uh, partiality and make it unpartial. You want to welcome people into the church. It's amazing to me that this is said about, about people who, who go, come and go, and stuff like that. You know, they always wonder. I'll use you as an example, Joyce. You may be wondering in your mind what we think. We see you, then we don't see you, right? It's okay. We may see you, we don't see you. Linda too, we may see you, we don't see you, right? We don't see you for a period of time. And you may in your mind wonder what we're thinking. And, and, and what you think is think negative thoughts of what we're thinking. Because that's easier for you to swallow. But you know what we're really probably thinking? We love you, we miss you, we wish you was here. That's all. No big deal. It's kind of interesting when people want to come explain to me where they've been. You don't have to explain to me where you've been. I hope that God been with you. Because sometimes God do take you away for a little while to bring you back. Sometimes God got to deal with you in certain situations that, 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 we, that you're not really too exposed to us. I understand that. But realize, we your family. We love you. We ain't going to do nothing to hurt you purposely. Not up in here. Now, I can't speak for nobody else. We're not purposely going to try to hurt you in no kind of way. What we want to do is sit back and help you. And if letting you sit there and don't say nothing to you is the way we can help, which is a lot of times really what we need to do, versus run up to a person talking about, uh, you know, because the person feel kind of funny when you run up to them. Well, hey, see, where you being all about? Leave them alone. Just say hi to them and love on them. Don't dash them all on third. They, they don't know police line up. Because they used to affect me a lot, lot. When I was in and out of church, where you been, brother, say? We thought you, and it's always, you know, it's always getting a little twinge to it. You know, the tongue went bridal. They tongue went bridal. My mind was crazy. So, you know, you done confronted me like that. Now I'm ready to, you know, I'm like, dude, ain't none of your business where I've been. No, I don't want to come back here because y'all too nosy. People think like that. And it's okay. But you got to have a loving heart to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that to nobody no more. Whatever was done with you in church that you didn't like, don't do it to somebody else. Think about it. Say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. That's why I don't ask visitors to stand up and tell us nothing. Because I've gotten too many people over time say, you know what? I don't want to be put on the spot and be stood up and talk about because I really ain't got nothing to say. Now, normal church folk, I'm here, you know, uh, I go to so-and-so church or the pastor so-and-so and so-and-so. But that's the person that's been in church. But these new people that have been in church, these youngsters have been in church, they don't really know what to say. They don't know the spiel. They just know the day in church and they want to be in church, you know? And I look at it like this, if you done came here twice, then ain't no sense me asking you again to stand up. You're not a visitor no more per se. Per se. No reason to stand up again. There's no reason to stand up in the get go. But we have to learn to bridle our tongue. We have to learn to see things people, other people way. We have to learn that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ways thereof are death. We have to be the people who understand that. And yet 
We still supposed to love each other. And some of the behavior that's in church should not be in church. And it's up to us to try to get it out of the church. But first, we got to get it out of what? Ourself. I got to keep working on me and allow the Holy Spirit to work on me before I can even attempt to work on y'all. You know, but you know what? I found out through working with us together, I can get through it faster. There's something about us working together that makes it better in time. It's just something about that that makes it better in time. So I just thank God for us. I thank God for what we're doing. I thank God for the direction that he's sending us, you know, and I pray that you continue to learn and don't be ashamed. Keep learning. Wherever you stuck, God will bring you over that. Don't think of yourself less than. We are all equal at the cross. We all come by grace through faith. No other way. No religion, no denomination, no prayer. God gives us grace through faith. That's why we saved. It is not us. It's a free gift from God. God gave it to you free because it cost him his son. Just remember that when dealing with people. God got to save them too, right? Amen. Let's pray. Go ahead. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Tanika Drake from God's Gift Through His Word. You are listening to Walk in Truth Radio with my amazing friend, Pastor Jay. Please be sure to get your encouraging word each and every day on the following podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Podbyte, LoftyCast.com, Google Play Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Please be sure to always tune in. He always has an amazing, encouraging word. God bless your hearts. Be blessed, motivated, and inspired. Take care, you all.